0: Excuse the interruption. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that uh, there's a lot going on right now with uh, the COVID uh, virus that's going around and the and all the anxiety that surrounds that. And uh, there is no mention of any of that in this episode because it was recorded before all of this has happened. And I wanted to take a moment to say that uh, we sincerely hope everybody's well and... Um, enduring this this uh really dramatic time uh, well and our hearts and prayers are with you and here is the episode
1: this is room in the trees a podcast about living a creative life room in the trees is hosted by trent reynolds and me sabrina ward harrison
0: Show notes, including pictures, links, video, and more for every episode, can be found at roominthetrees.com.
1: You can follow us on Instagram at Sabrina Ward Harrison and at Trent Reynolds Art. And now, here's this week's episode. Our special guest today is Amy Small, who is the founder of Knit Collage.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Serena.
1: <laughs> I've been personally just crazy about, once I met you, we met um, in, oh my gosh, my brain, where did we meet? We met Arizona, in Arizona. Right? <laughs> we met in Arizona. <laughs> I love, once I discovered you did, you were wearing this gorgeous sweater that I was crazy about in these like sexy jeans and cute little heel booties or something. I was just like, I love her whole look. So, <laughs> so I can't I even remember her. what I was wearing, but I'm glad it had that impression. Yeah, it was good. And, um, and then when I discovered your yarn that you create and design, and then I was thinking back in the day when I had my braids in my hair and lived in Bonnie Dune, I'm thinking I probably had some of her yarn in my hair that I probably bought at a knitting place in San Francisco. Um, yes. So I just, I've been so inspired by your sense of color and design and um, working in a material that I've never, ever, ever explored. Um, and the, just also the way you collaborate and work with other people um, and work working in India and for the past 10 years, I've collaborated with wonderful women over there. And so, I'm just really happy to have you on. I, I love what you're doing, and I love how you're engaging with your community. So, welcome.
2: Thank you so much. I am so psyched to be here.
1: So, thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about what your kind of creative, professional, creative background is? And
2: yeah, I'd love to. So, um, I started right out of school as a sweater designer and I um, I was like the assistant, assistant, assistant <laughs> sweater designer and um, that kind of came to be because I took a class at a local yarn store near where my college was and got hooked on knitting and there was no turning back because I think creative people will be be into this because with knitting you're creating your own fabric like you can of course you can choose the yarn and you can choose any yarn but you can stripe it you can knit a cable you can knit a holy stitch you can do whatever you want Yeah. and it's this level of creativity that's almost like you're creating every single thing you want to see in your design whereas Um, with fabric it's like okay here's your fabric and you can do a lot of stuff with fabric of course but knitting has this wonderful freedom to it that I always loved from day one (laughs) so I started working as an assistant as at a at a company called Free People which is based in Philly where I grew up and it was an amazing experience because I worked underneath this woman who Was one of the founding members of Urban Outfitters. She's been there forever and she designs like the interiors of the free people stores. If you ever go in the free people stores, it's all this like incredible hand carved teak and patchwork curtains and it's just awesome. So I got to work under her. And what was really fantastic was that she just had no staff. So it was just me and her, but we traveled most of the year. So we were in India and Hong Kong and Taiwan and um, and really like I was like deep learning about knitting machines and computer knitting and yarn um, construction and stuff like that. So it was this really cool um, um, training, I guess you would say. And I guess, I guess what happened is about five or six years in, I just started to burn out on the fashion world because At least at Free People, it was like, come up with twenty new cardigans every month. And after a while, you're like, why do people need this many cardigans? (laughs) And I can't make everyone amazing if I'm constantly, you know, at this moving at this pace. So,
0: well, how do Amy? How do you how do you get from going to a a, you know starting at a a local um, sewing store, taking a class, and then all of a sudden you're traveling the world?
2: I know. It you was know, really major crazy. Company,
0: that's a huge jump, it seems like.
2: Well, I got an internship there my junior year summer, and that mm. was just a luck thing. Like it was, you know, unpaid, and I got my foot in the door, and I saw this lady Mary, who's the person I told you about. I saw her, but she was barely there. And I just had this I think I had this gut feeling inside like, I need to working with her I need to like follow her I need to like just kick some butt and like make it work and I I remember like little things like she she was always the head sweater designer and she now she does a lot of things at the company but she now has a line within free people called FP1 where she just does whatever she wants and it's Mm -hmm. amazing it's amazing and you should go check it out but um one day when I was interning, she was putting, she was doing some wholesale trade show in New York City at like in the piers in New York City. And I got to go with her. And I remember like I showed up on time and her own paid assistant was like an hour late. And I just was hustling, you know, I was just really excited. So I think that left this impression. And I got hired right out of college um, to work for her. And when I was working with her, I I truly had no life outside of work. Mm. I was not doing a yoga class. I was not like reading a book. I was just working. And she set that example because that's sort of how she lived too. She didn't have a lot of balance. And mm. so I think that's part of the reason I quit is um, it was it was a little bit burning out on fast fashion, and then it was a little bit like this is this incredible job and opportunity, and yet I feel like I don't have any friends. Like this was most of my twenties, um, and I don't feel like I have any other hobbies or <laughs> interests. And so yeah. I think both those things combined um, led me to take this chance and starting my own business.
1: And what was the bi- vision for your business when you started it?
2: Well, um, it's funny because I didn't know a lot about the hand knitting industry besides taking that class like way years before. But I learned to hand spin yarns by this woman named Lexi Bogar, and she's she wrote this book called Handspun Revolution, and she made this yarn. It's it's like. It's hand-spun art, and each little ball would sell for $50, and this was a long time ago, so it was really expensive, but it was art. There was, like, flowers and sparkles and different, like, all sorts of different materials, and some of it was to be knit with, but most of it was just art, like, it was yarn. Um, kind of like when you're talking about putting stuff in your hair, like yeah. <laughs> really cool things that would have gone, it would have been amazing. in your hair. <laughs> So I learned from her while I was working at Free People. And I think um, I just couldn't shake the idea that it would be so fun to pursue this more. I spent $500 on a spinning wheel, which was like the most expensive thing I ever bought. And I just taught myself to spin and got really into it. I would take it everywhere with me and at one point I I think I had like 10 sample yarns and I decided to just email different yarn store owners, email addresses that I found on the internet. And one responded and was like, I'll take 10 of each, please. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh my God, I have a business. And I, uh, you know, I had no idea how to make any of it, but in my mind, and I really didn't know about knitting and I didn't know about knitting patterns. And I think that's been the, the, the biggest evolution in the past uh, couple years is that now I've, I don't spin as much. I, I knit more, and I'm more interested in taking the like my knitting skills to another place. Um, so that's sort of been the evolution now. But that's, in a nutshell, that's how I got started. I The woman who responded owns, she still owns this store called Loop in London, and it's a really nice store. And she reordered. I went to a trade show, and I think I got like eight more stores, and it, it slowly Grew from there. And how many stores? Very
1: slowly, I would say. How many stores would you say you have yarn in now?
2: Oh, so interesting. So, I probably in my heyday, I was at like 200 stores, but I've shifted my business to be more online in the past couple years. And Mm -hmm. that's been really freeing for me because when I was selling to yarn stores, most of them, aside from a few bigger online retailers are owned, you know, they're like mom and pop shops and each one has their own aesthetic and their own thing that's happening. Right. And so it was like selling to all these different people from Oklahoma yeah. to right. LA, like each one was different. And now with the shift online, I feel like I can just put out what I want to put put out and they can come and order if they want or they don't. And I don't really try as hard. For the stores. So my business for, for shops has gone down, but I've been able to build a connection with our own customers, which has been awesome. And I never had that before.
1: Hmm. Wow. And so now You've, it's just so exciting because I remember seeing something when I looked at it, you up that like Mark Jacobs had some of your yarn in some one of his in his show last year or somewhere yeah,
2: that yeah. was exciting like, I was yeah. really hoping he was going to actually like you know add it to the line but it was only yeah. in the runway oh. <laughs> show so it was kind of a bummer but it was cool and there was some famous model who I like did not know at all wearing it yeah. but that was really cool yeah, yeah. Um, But it's been, it's been interesting because like I'll have things like that happen or Tori Birch recently contacted me to see about the yarn. And like, I feel like I'll have things like that and it's great publicity, but it's been really empowering to feel like, um, I can build the business on my own by creating my own designs, yarns, content and connecting with the customers my own than having to rely on stores or other companies, um, for sales or, you know, to stay viable, basically.
0: Did you, right. did you have any sense of what was involved in running a business or creating a business before you started? Did zero. You were ex- zero. No, zero,
2: zero business plan. Um, yeah. Was it that, was,
0: was that overwhelming or was it just something you felt confident <sighs> would come with time?
2: Yeah, it was hard. So I, um, when I started my business, I worked freelance for like nine different companies as a sweater designer. And I even had an assistant to help me do that. So it wasn't until four years in that I actually quit those and was able to support myself through the business. Um, But yeah, it's been really hard. And I have gone, I would say the financial piece of it, which probably a lot of people say is, is, has been the hardest. And, have had some really hard years where I just feel like I have to learn everything the hard way (laughs) and Mm -hmm. still am learning everything the hard way. But uh, the year my five-year-old was born, which I think would have been like six years ago, was a really hard year for me. And everything kind of came to a head. My husband, who works in finance, was handling our finances for Nick Collage, but not telling me kind of what the health of the business was. And I can't blame him. It was my fault for not being on top of it. But we got to the end of the year and I realized I had lost all this money. I had done some accessories for anthropology and had really gotten um, nickel and dimed, but, you know, X that times a lot more. (laughs) And so it was one of those like kind of come to Jesus moments like, you got to get your shit together. And so I did. I hired a business coach and she helped me a ton. And I think. Um, at some point, I just had this big um, mental shift that um, the more I learn and the more I inquire within, because so much I think of why my business doesn't go further is about fears I have, and yeah. mm. some of that is fears from that year, like where I lost all that money. That it's like mm. it's like calcified fear that just is. Like- <laughs> I don't know layers of stuff um it's been it's been hard as things get better to shake like one issue I I have all the time is I never have enough yarn I never order enough yarn so for our last knit along we sold out of some colors and in two hours uh, of the open you know the, the kits going live and that's really coming from this place of fear that no one's going to buy buy anything. Mm-hmm. So it's really hurt me. So I, yeah, I wish I had had a little more, um, you know, written a business plan or did, done some classes. I think it would have helped. But mm-hmm. all these years later, I'm I'm really grateful that I get to do what I love, like that feeling and learning all the stuff I had to learn all the hard way, like to get where I am now, I'm really, 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 really grateful.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems like there'd be a depth of understanding that can only come from making all those mistakes, right? So there's, I don't know, I can see the advantage of going to a school and, and learning how to do those things, the, you know, a more traditional way or, but, you know, we're, at, we're in kind of a time that's so much in flux and business Methods and practices are changing, so it seems like maybe that's not even possible to to do exactly what or get the education that you need for exactly what you're trying to do, other yeah. than just to muddle through it.
2: Totally, and I, I try I try to look at all those failures and mistakes as okay, you know, what am I? What am I learning? What am I hopefully not going to do again to um, to move forward and that's been a a big shift. I think Mm. there, there was a lot of wallowing in it (laughs) Mm -hmm. now when bad stuff happens, I'm a lot more resilient. Um, but it definitely, there was some, there was some serious nights on the bathroom floor, but I think I had to go through it. You know, you had (laughs) got to go through that. (laughs) This may be better for sure. And who knows, you know, (laughs) I, I don't know. Who knows where it goes from here? But
0: <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love that serious nights on the bathroom floor. Sounds
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like was a great tears. album, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Serious nights.
1: That might be the title of the episode. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. yeah, I think that calcified fear also that's such a good way to describe that feeling, like just that old, tight you can't even yeah. quite describe it, but it's it just the effect of it. It's like, yeah. it's just calcified. I, I feel like. Yeah. It's hard community. to get out.
2: Yeah. And I do feel like it lives like it's in my body in some ways. Like, mm-hmm. like I store it in my body and um, I don't know. I just, I like this past year, I'm, I'm like crazy yoga person now. And, I think it's really helped me and I don't even know how it's helping me, but I think it's like, it's helping me release some of those um, old fears. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know. There is a, there is a quote on your website under the about us on knitcollage.com. It says at the heart of my business and, and the podcast is this idea that it's important to lean in, to lean into all the things that make us weird or set us apart. All of those interests that others might not get. I believe these are our secret weapons. They make us unique uh, and that they they become our superpowers. I hope to set an example of what's possible through my own work by creating a thriving business built on far out yarn and pattern designs. If this piques your interest, <laughs> definitely check it out. But I think that, that idea of leaning into those interests that others might not get. Something spoke to me about that. What, what does that mean to you? Like, what does it mean to lean into the things that.
2: Yeah, like that is so, that is so why I do this, like why I do the podcast because I love highlighting people that are doing like other crazy things that you never think they could turn into a business or (laughs) make a living at, but they are in some way. but yeah I think looking at the business from the outside the yarn is so wacky and to be able to support my family with this and and a whole lot of other people through the work that we're providing it's it's mind-blowing to me Mm -hmm. like it's just so cool and so I think that there's this part of me that wants to set an example but also really wants to shine a light on other people doing this um like just living any kind of off the beaten. Path life in right. in any way um, to show that it's possible. I think um, yes. I think right. there's so- there's something my yoga teacher said on Monday or Sunday in a class that was like, um, I don't know what she was talking about, but she was. It, it made me think of knitting and um, and with my designing, and it was kind of like maybe it was yoga that helps you remember who you are and what I think um, happened to me and maybe happens to a lot of people just growing up in the world as you grow up and a lot of your individuality gets like stamped out by trying to like fit into whatever mm-hmm. you're trying to fit in. And I think strangely, even having my business because I was trying so hard to not lose money in the early stages and really make it work. It's like I focused so much on that. I lost touch from the like the childlike, Creativity and the self expression I felt when I first started the business, just creating these like totally wacky yarns, you know. Um, and so, in the past couple of years, I've had a couple knitting projects that have been, I can send you guys a picture if you're interested, but I knit this one sweater and it was this whole pivotal, like. <laughs> point for me because I had a garbage bag full of yarn I'd sit on the couch every night and I'd just be like this one this one and I really got into this kind of like this flow state with it and it became it just became this piece that felt um like me like me on the inside but on the outside and Mm. it 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 reminds me kind of like Sabrina when you're talking about your creative process that you teach people like it was just like that it didn't feel like following a knitting pattern xyz and it had to be this way it was like adding my own you know to it um so I think there's this part of the business and um and knitting and designing these yarns where I feel like it's actually bringing me back to that person I used to be that you know just the world <laughs> thinks is too weird or whatever to mm-hmm. whatever and so I, I just want more people to bring to bring that out in more people if that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> I well I think what what you're talking about is so important and I see it so often uh, I think in in teaching art is you know there's this impulse to want to make things more palatable and I think you what you're saying mm. about like growing up and wanting to fit in and make yourself more like, other people so that you have the sense of belonging or being alike or akin to somebody or some, uh, a group of people. And that as like, we've we've, there's this kind of pressure to normalize yourself, you know, to, and and that weeds out these kind of uh, these behaviors or appetites or interests that, that sit outside of that normalization. And I think in, in creating paintings or in creating artwork, I can feel it in myself. Like, Uh, You know, if I think something is too strange or if an idea doesn't uh, like doesn't seem to me like other people will get it, there's this kind of resistance to going down that path because, you know, there is a desire to sell work or to connect with an audience or, you know, but all these I think when it comes down to it, like you don't feel fully expressed or don't feel like your work is going to really be truthful and resonant with you unless you lean into what makes mm-hmm. you different, you know? So I, I think there's these conflicting feelings of like wanting to connect and be normal, and then wanting also to feel authentic in your self-expression, and it can yes. be really difficult to find that. Was that so well said. <laughs> difficult to find that you know the correct balance there. But I mm-hmm. think this—that's what this really stood out to me—is uh, like the impulse to to go away from those things that make you weird or different or unique. You got to fight that and instead go the opposite way and really dig into that and try to understand it and try to connect with that and, and get it out into the world. And ultimately that's what people are going to really resonate with it. Cause they're going to sense that authenticity and sense your passion for, you know, whatever it is that you connect with. I
2: anyway, hope so. I hope
0: so. I think that's absolutely the case. Just looking at your website and, poking around like there's a sense of identity there and identity is uniqueness right it is like something that you can be pointed to and say that this is different
2: (laughs) i am so curious if you guys would say this about about your art but i do feel like the more i lean into myself and whatever creative um impulses i feel with a sweater or any kind of design um i feel like that's maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I do feel that that's what resonates with people the most. Like the more I get vulnerable <laughs> with everything, mm-hmm. the more yeah. that resonates with people. Um, because I think I know it might not seem, Oh, a sweater. Like that's not, it's not fine art, but this one that I knit and I spent like 10,000 hours on <laughs> was like, it really was like, um, this process of self-discovery and, um, it was like art to me. So Mm -hmm. it got, it got vulnerable speaking about it because it really brought me back to being a kid and being creative as a kid and making like friendship bracelets or whatever. (laughs) Mm.
1: I remember another thing I read on your blog was the the quote um, about fear. Who was it by um, who was in the um it's on the tip of my tongue.
2: Oh, you must be digging deep in there. <laughs>
1: so it was about fear? Fear is boring. What's oh. his name? He was in What About Bob?
2: Oh, I love that one. Um, um no, that is that name? is uh, you know the actor in What About yes. Bob? What's his, What's his name? The <laughs> Oh my god, it's blanking. I don't, don't know who you're Are talking you talking
0: about, about uh no. Why are we going for <laughs> The Ghostbuster. The Ghostbuster. Yes, what's his yeah. name? Uh, Baby steps. Bill Murray.
2: Bill Baby Murray.
1: Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was a great. Oh my God. So really what's the quote? Right yeah. Oh, it's it's so about good.
2: relaxation and it's about doing what makes you feel relaxed too, right?
0: I think. I, th- I think I might have found it. Just a second. Oh, my gosh. Marie, wow. Sums it up. So, well, I've mentioned this many times. I think the only reason I've had the career uh, life that oh, yeah. I've had is that someone told me some secrets early on about living. You can do the very best you can where, uh, oh, yeah. when you're very, very relaxed, no matter what it is yes. or what your job it is. The more relaxed you are, the better you are. That's sort of why I go got into acting. I realized that realized that the more fun I had, the better I did it, and I thought that's a job I could be proud of. It's changed my life uh, learning that, and it has made me better at what I do. That's interesting
2: because I think it's the opposite of how we grow up. Like I don't know about you guys, but I was taught work hard. Life's a grind. Works hard. Yeah, like it's not fun. You go to your nine to five and. Bleh. And this is totally flipping that on its head. Hmm. Not saying that we shouldn't work hard. I just think there's a balance there or a line there.
1: No, but it's so – our thinking is better. Our our actions are better. Like today I was filming and I was just – if I had read that quote, I would have done whatever it took to get relaxed before I friggin' started. And instead I didn't and I was so – taking it all so seriously – and then I was just i I don't feel like it any of it flowed, and I'm like I'd focused on just okay, just and you can say, just relax, but you have to
2: easier said than done right like,
1: <laughs> there's yeah. so
2: it's really hard when you have time my challenge is when I'm feeling overwhelmed because I have so much on my plate and so much to yeah. do like to be um balancing okay but you've got to do it in six hours right right, right. <laughs> right, right. plan being super relaxed and doing this thing you love but like making sure you're in this good flow state it's really hard <laughs> <laughs> it's really yeah.
0: hard Yeah, It is Yeah. when you were talking about taking that class, uh, in knitting or, or yarn, was it knitting or yarn, yarn making that original class? It was knitting.
2: It was a knitting class.
0: It was a knitting class. And you talking about yarn and how it's this fundamental thing that you can have this control over what you're creating. And like uh, that whole, when you were saying all that, there's, it's obvious that there's a sense that this makes to you right like there's a Hmm. there's a belongingness or a natural like connection that you have with this medium and i i see this or feel this in myself too like there are some uh, mediums uh, whether it be paint or resin or working on wood versus canvas or you know there are some things that where you find it you're like this i i understand this i get this and i think that sense of belonging or understanding or resonance is also like that's what creates this relaxation. This like, oh, like I get this. Something, something is right about this. Yes, I don't know,
1: totally, and it just clicks. <laughs> I wish we were all make, making together somehow. I think that's, that's also the other parts that it's like I. If I was just doing this, well, you do your podcast on your own, which is amazing. But I, I don't think I could do. But you're in conversation with people.
2: I really like it because I can I've connected with so many amazing people, and yeah, um, the podcast kind of cuts through the BS conversations, like how's your day, like whatever. Right. I'm like, I'm going to ask you a question that's like, what's your biggest failure? And let's go there. And so, yeah. um, it's been a really fun way to. I, it's like I almost feel like I'm meeting these people for the first time, and yet we come out of it. Feeling like we really know each other. And it's also been really cool from this business standpoint because I feel like I've um, built a network of, uh, and most of the people who come on my show are are in fiber arts, um, though I have had like florists and ceramic artists and things like that. But most of the people are. Like macrame, embroiderers, well, somewhat in my kind of industry. So it's great, it's great people to know also because most of us are solo entrepreneurs that can really help each other out as well. Yep.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that's what we're experiencing too with what we're doing. Well, I would love to hear about. The knit a thon, right? Is that what it is?
2: Yeah, it's called a knit along. So, yes. <laughs> this is a, yes, it's so much fun. If you know anybody that knits, I suggest uh, you send them our way. But uh, um, I was telling you both that the business has shifted more towards online and connections with our customers and building community around creative knitting in some way. And so, the knit along is how. I've been doing that. So in the knit- in our knit alongs, we run them twice a year. You get like a kit with the yarn you need to make this sweater. Or sometimes we do shawls or pillows, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you get the pattern. You get an online class where I teach you how to knit from start to finish. And then we have a um, private Facebook group where we really try and foster communi- like uh, connection and um some good discussions going on there and we do like zoom calls online where we all get together and we knit together (laughs) so this is (laughs) this is truly worldwide we have people from australia and iceland (laughs) Um, it's really fun we had uh 570 people in the fall do it so it it was a blast and wow I guess the other thing that's probably really different about – because a lot of people run knit-alongs, but the the big difference is I try and put a a heavy bent on creative self-expression and leaning into that, encouraging people to make the sweater their own in whatever way – because of all those reasons I mentioned in the beginning with the fabric and the colors and the yarns, it's so easy to make a project exactly how you want it to be. Um, So I try to encourage that and I do some blog posts around that. And the teaching is a big part of it too, because what I've found um, I have a lot of people coming through the knit alongs that have never knit a sweater before. So when you knit something for the first time, And you finish it and you made it and you love it and you're wearing it, you feel on top of the world. (laughs) You get this. uh, It's it's like anything, but with knitting, you really feel like, oh my God, I did it. And what I've seen with some of the students that have gone through these knit alongs is that that really um, has a ripple effect in their lives to creating confidence in other areas and trying Mm -hmm. new things and sort of embracing more of a lifelong learning mentality where they're learning new things in other areas of their life as well so it's been really cool to see so I know it seems like only yarn and knitting but I've seen the impact go beyond that in um, in the people that have taken part in its lives so it's really fun so that's coming up in April and I am behind the scenes like planning away like a mad woman because to release a knitting pattern out into the world, so all of our patterns come in nine sizes, which is crazy to fit a huge okay. range of body types. So we have to actually test each size. So we have tested or is testing all these things to make sure that the yarn quantities are correct. There's no mistakes. Um, it's pretty technical and detailed. Yeah. So behind the scenes, it's a lot of work. Just prepping for it, getting the classes ready. Um, photo shoot all sorts of stuff like that so it's a lot of fun also the sweaters we we like I offer are they're so crazy like some of them have 20 different types of yarn so setting that up on my site like from the back end it's really fun I do it to myself but that was that's like that's what makes it knit collage because no one else yes. will do that crazy thing you know yes 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 so that's what I'm in the middle of right now. And I have a survey that goes out tomorrow. I'm sure it'll be out by the time this goes live where where um, our community votes on what they want to knit. So we have eight styles and we're trying to get it down to three or four.
1: Okay. That's what comes next. That's so cool. So, so the best
0: place for people to get involved is yeah. just by going to the website and click on uh, knit along?
2: Yeah, that is probably the best place. I have a um, right on the website. There's it says knit along, and that's where you can sign up to be the first to know about all the knit along updates. Um, I also can send you a link. I have a free class on how to knit one of our beginner shawls. That's really, I love that shawl. it's I really, really a pretty one. It's my favorite and it's really easy. And you get to try out like six different yarns of ours in one go, which is fun because some of them have flowers and some of them are just crazy textures and colors. So it's a fun one from the yarn standpoint and learning new things as you knit too.
1: Do we know the date? Do we not announce the date of when this starts for you?
2: Yeah. The the kids are going to go live on April 9th and they're live for a week. And then we cast on, I think on like 20 something. So we give, we, we give people some time to get their yarn because we do have a fair amount of people from other countries. So we cast on... We cast on on the 27th so about a week and a half after the card closes so that gives people enough time to get their yarn.
1: and did you have hats in anthropology this winter
2: yes i did so that's something it burned me the first time around when i was telling you yeah. that was like five six years ago and i i think i learned my lesson so this time it actually was okay um but yes we did we had like 10% of my business is um finished things for anthro and free people. Those are the wow. I don't do any trade shows or anything. I just so we'll wow. see if that conti- continues. I don't put much effort into
1: it. Wow. I we I had met you very shortly afterwards, I mean I think it might have been it was all in the same trip. I was in Southern California and I went into anthropology. I'm like, this oh, is God. looking like 80s as though it, I kind of put it all together. I'm like, this oh, is yes. badass. Yes, yeah. Yes. Oh, it was a huge featured thing right in the
2: Oh God. Uh, It's so hard to control. I will say it is so hard to control because it's like the yarn is hand spun and then it's hand knitted and then it has to fit someone. It's really hard. That side of it has been, that's why the yarn is so nice. It just is yarn. It can just be this beautiful ball of yarn and it doesn't have to fit anyone. It's all about what you do with it. And if it looks a little wonky from skein to skein, like that's part of it. (laughs) <laughs>
1: right,
0: right. Yeah, I imagine that it would be hard to to fit your product into a mass production pi- yeah. type, pipeline. It's not right?
2: where my heart is either. Like, I I'll do it, and it I do think it's good for the business. So I won't say no. But now I feel like I I uh, I'm in a position to do it on my terms and walk away if I have to, which feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it is it is good for it. like people it helps with the knitters seeing it there i think right <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: and where can they find you on instagram
2: oh just knit collage please follow
0: and love- you got a podcast and a blog and yeah. you got a lot lot going on a lot of ways to
2: connect <laughs> yes collage. and i'd love to connect with anyone any knitters out there want to come say hi and send me an email or message that would be awesome
0: and could you? I know this is, this might be too much to ask because uh, it, it, we kind of require a moment, but when you really geek out about, like, I want to be able to sit in and listen to you on a knit along. And when it gets like serious, like deep geeking out about yarn, mm-hmm. what,
1: what oh kind of <laughs> <It's laughs> so things do you,
0: what kind of, what kind of guys talk about? Do you talk about like the, the, the type of stitching or the pattern or the color or the, It's so fun. It's
2: really yeah. It's so fun. It gets really technical. I think there's a side of it that gets really technical where, um, like, how are you slipping the first stitch of every row? Are you slipping it purl wise or knit wise? (laughs) There's a lot of looking for There's a lot of like geekery around that. um, Or how do you weave in your ends? How do you join your yarn? Like, there's a lot of uh, tips I try to share in my online class where we kind of share like the best tips because our yarns are so different like of how to knit with those but what surprises me is that in our Facebook group people people bring ideas out that I've never heard of that are even better sometimes than you know what I suggest so it's it's really fun and a lot of people also just want to talk about okay should I this is a good idea so I think um, one of the sweaters was color work you guys know what colorwork is it's like fair isle sweater so okay, uh, with like it's like stranded knitting, and it's just imagine I love a, it. Just imagine a sweater that's like lots of different colors knit together. Yeah, like a ski sweater or, um, like a, you know those Canadian sweaters that would have like the jacquard patterns. Anyway, you might not, but. People will do intense color graphs to figure out where their colors go, you know, oh. like almost like coloring in different options to see what it's going to look like depending on how they lay their colors out. So that's pretty common. It's really and fun. Do
0: you get like graph paper or is there a special kind of There's paper? There's an app
2: for it that a lot of people use, but you can 100% do old fashioned too.
0: <laughs> I love it. Is there, I imagine there's also, is there a certain kind of personality that gravitates towards knitting?
2: It's so funny. Well, I truly think knitters are really smart. (laughs) I think they're the best. Like they're just, it's very mathematical. And so I, um, I just, I, knitters are really smart. But when I did this event in New York city called Vogue Knitting Live in January and we had a lot of people from our net along come to the booth and like, I couldn't tell you what our customer is. It's all over the place, which makes me so happy. All different types of people, all different ages. Um, so it's really cool. I I think the connection piece of it is really cool because uh, you guys all know just how divided our country is right now. And it's given me a way to connect to so many different types of people, ages and Races and genders and all the things, and it's been um, this surprising side effect of getting into knitting.
1: And my dream when I was little was still. Oh, my dream when it was to have a sweater store. I think I told you on your podcast. Yes, like, I love I it. Influenced by kids, Montreal. My mom and dad taking me to a store that sold sweaters, hand knit sweaters, and I just oh. I could feel the emotional like resonance of of the color and texture and warmth of that. That store, yes. like, I, like, I must have only it. about three or four years old, and I was like, when I grew up, I, but then when I could talk, I was like, I want to have a sweater store. So <laughs> cool, <mom>. so cool. <laughs> It's and really. That, what
0: what cozier funny. thing is there than a sweater and, right? and, yeah. and, and That's awesome. Well, wow, fantastic. Yes,
1: thank you so much. So much fun. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Sabrina Ward Harrison and at Trent Reynolds Art.
0: And check out the show notes at roominthetrees.com, where you can also get in touch if you have any ideas you'd like to share.
1: If you like this podcast, please consider showing your support. You can become a subscribing patron at patreon.com forward slash room.
0: Please help us grow our audience by rating us or writing a review on iTunes. To do that, you can use the link roominthetrees.com forward slash iTunes.